Sports Service is delighted to have a legendary South African player with us, Murray Anderson. Murray, you're a friend, but it's really good to chat to you about your career. But why not start off first and foremost? We've had the Olympics, and you know it's it's been an interesting interesting event because maybe we haven't done as well as we thought. But anyway, you went there in 1996, representing South Africa. But tell us about that experience. How was it for you? You know, playing at the Olympic Games. Yeah, I think it was a boyhood uh, dream of mine. Um, you know, we were in isolation back in the 80s, and uh, and we had, I had friends of mine who were sending us videotapes when I was a kid of the Olympics in 1984 in LA and that just captured my imagination mm -hmm. and then in 1988 was Seoul um, so I followed the Great Britain side in those days we had no one else to, to follow so I followed the Great Britain hockey side in 84 they did well they got a bronze and then in 88 they got a gold and uh, you know that was an inspirational moment and at that stage, my career was sort of to take off. I was leaving school and I, I had aspirations of, of, of playing at the Olympics, but obviously we were in isolation. So uh, we missed the boat in, in 1992. We weren't unified. So I was in the South African squad, but we weren't playing international hockey. So yeah. missed Barcelona. So I, I, I got to 26, 27 and I was looking at, uh, you know, Atlanta was probably going to be my only chance of, of uh, going to an Olympics. And, mm -hmm. uh, I'm very happy that I did go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something's fun in place for me and, and I happened yeah. to go. I was out of the side in 1995 um, oh, wow. for about two or three series. So the pressure was on to, to, to get back into the team. Mm. Um, so that experience was, was an amazing experience. One that I'll cherish and um, stays with me forever. And uh, whenever the Olympics comes on every four years, um, those, those memories just flood back. And it's, it's the most amazing and special event. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, so love the Olympics. It was a, an amazing experience. No, no, awesome. I see you got a lovely framed um, certificate of your attendance, I believe. That's yeah. right. It, was, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a medal uh, to win anything, <laughs> but it was an, uh, one of those thanks for coming uh, certificates yeah, yeah. And, and, and medals. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And right, it's always like you said in the beginning that obviously South Africa come through an interesting time, and it, maybe it was a bit of a uh, deer in the headlights situation. And I'm not only talking about South African hockey, I'm talking a lot of sports, because it's all of a sudden now you're on this international stage, you're with world-class athletes, it must have been a bit of a, wow, we've arrived, and you almost don't know how to take the whole occasion in. in yeah, well, well, we had a great send-off. I mean, we, we had tea with Nelson Mandela. Oh, wow. We had that aeroplane, I don't remember the Olympic aeroplane, yeah, it was yeah, colour, yeah. colourful aeroplane. Yeah. We had gala dinners. It was amazing. Just leaving South Africa was amazing. But when arriving in the United States, you mm -hmm. can imagine, we met Bill Clinton, we had film stars coming in like Arnold Schwarzenegger into the village um, you can get distracted mm. you've got this dining hall that is the size of you know four or five rugby fields <laughs> anything you want you've got everything there and yeah. people are throwing things power aid Ray-Ban they're throwing glasses at you and this and that and that you can get distracted mm. you go into an arcade where guys are playing video machines and then you see the Wimbledon champion you know Goran Ivovicinich and you see all these guys and you're, yeah. you're rubbing shoulders with people but you can get sidetracked you can start eating incorrectly because they're 11 McDonald's that are open 24 hours a day yeah. there's the food you know so some athletes do get sidetracked yeah. and um, so yeah, you, you can go in there and not perform. And I think people sometimes perform better at their second or third because they, they don't get distracted by those side shows. Yeah, definitely. So I know there must have been lots of things to look at and see and lots of activities, but what stood out for you personally? What made you feel like, wow, this is really the occasion that made it for me? I think, I think the opening ceremony was just amazing. I think 
you know, when Muhammad Ali arrived, no one knew who was going to light the flame. And um, it's emotional. I actually got goosebumps just thinking about it. And we didn't know who was going to light the flame. It was, it was a huge, I think, walking into the, uh, into the when they announced, you know, Republic of South Africa, and it came down this ramp, and it was 90,000 people in there. And, um, wow. you know, you, we, this was the first Olympics that, that we had a unified Olympics back with, with the South African flag. Barcelona, they just had an Olympic flag, uh, right. a South African Noxa flag. We had the South African flag. Crowd were going mad. Bill Clinton had come into the village before, and it was an amazing experience. So great to kind of go around the, the, the track. And then when Muhammad Ali came out of nowhere, and this was a man that was shaking, he, he was ill at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was emotional because the whole, the whole uh, stadium started, started chanting, Ali, Ali, Ali. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house because everyone was just emotional. See, this, this former world champion icon of sport, yeah. and then they, they lit the flame, and then you know that flame is, is on, and the games are on. So it's, a, it's an amazing experience. Yeah. Then Celine Dion sings The Power of the Dream comes up, and, wow. and it's just, you, know, you get caught up in that whole Olympic spirit. So that was an amazing experience uh, for yeah. me from, from that point of view. And then the sadness when that flame is extinguished, and you. You see, you see um, athletes crying in the stands because oh, right. they realize that their dream is over. It's yeah, over. It's yeah. the 16 days of where you treat yeah. it brilliant. It's all over. You go back to reality now. Yeah. That was great. And I think a highlight for us at Atlanta was in the very first game. We drew with, with, with uh, Australia in the very first game. Sure. And they, were, they, they eventually won a, got a medal, but uh, that, that was a turn up for the books. <laughs> um, because, you know, we, Brian Myberg was our world-class keeper. And he kept us... He kept us in the game, the mm. whole game, and, and they scored just with a few minutes to go. Um, or, you know, and so it looked like we weren't going to score. We, we were under the cosh the whole game, but we were defensively were sound, and Brian was pulling off saves. And then uh, Greg Nickel, who was our world-class striker, he had got one chance, and he received it and nailed it, and it was one all. There we go. And uh, so then all of a sudden, there was like, wow, South Africa's arrived. <laughs> and then you start thinking about, wow, maybe we've got a... We've, we've got a chance in this tournament somehow. Mm. And then, you know, slowly but surely, your dreams fade away yeah. as the results don't go your way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Europe is known for their hockey. Like you mentioned, Australia is known for their hockey, but South Africa tries really hard to maintain their standards. Well, I actually can't say maintain, push their standards. And, but I think the best Africa's ever done at the Olympics is 10th place. So where do you sort of draw the line and say, you know what? We've made it there, but when you get to the Olympics, it's almost like another step up. Yeah. But you've actually done your country proud because you made it to the Olympics. It's yeah. I think we compete at South Africans. Yeah. You know, we, we, we rely a lot of on, on heart and determination and glory and for the country where where other countries have, have got this process of four years and a lot of money and, and structure in place. So we rely a lot on that uh, and as South Africans, and we, we've had some amazing results. Um, but yeah, it. it it's one of those things, I, I think, we were trailblazers. So 1996 was, we should have been sort of the catalyst to go on and get medals. By now, I, I believe we should be getting medals. Yeah. If you look at uh, Argentina, for instance, Argentina are very, very, were very similar to us back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. We always had very tight games against them. They just eclipsed us, yeah. men and women. And they, they are medal contenders in most, uh, uh, most uh, games, especially the women. Mm -hmm. uh, but their men's side has come on really, really well over the last 20 years. You look at Belgium. I mean, Belgium, we never feared. We, we, we beat them in a, in a series in okay. Brussels. We used to beat them regularly, but they've just gone to another level where they are 
world champions and now Olympic yeah. champions. So, you know, it, it shows that if you put the right structure in place, like Argentina and Belgium, yeah. uh, we have the talent, no doubt. They, you look at our schoolboy hockey, um, our schoolboy hockey is just as good as Australian hockey um, and the Dutch. And But um, I think where we lose something is between under 18 and under 21. Right. The skills are there, the individuals are there, we've always had it, but it's just about funding and keeping a team together yeah. for long periods of time and playing more series than that. And I think we'll do it. I think the, the, the guys showed it this Olympics. I mean, we were yeah. so proud of them. Yeah. They have just, they have competed. They've gone up there and they've competed against some of the best sides in the world because they were really in the pool of death. Yeah, you know? no, they were. So. Yeah, and the, well, let's go into it then because it was quite unfortunate for them. I mean, three and up against Germany to end up losing five, three. It shows that they got the, the... Well, they beat Germany, sorry. But they lost to... Oh, sorry, sorry. They were three up against yes. Germany, my mistake. My yeah. Mistake, sorry. So it shows that the potential's there, but you know, if you're the coach like Gareth Irving, it must be, you're proud, but frustrated at the same time, because like you're saying, there's a group of guys giving their utmost best, and they know if they had more time practicing instead of raising funds, they probably would have still been there, or made the quarterfinals, at least. Maybe. It's, yeah, I look, beforehand, I, I was worried. I, I, I thought that side, talented bunch of guys, but I was worried because I thought, you hadn't had a lot of hockey. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of funding. They were more were worried about raising funds. They should have been touring uh, um, or, or playing matches against opposition. It was difficult with, with COVID. Uh, so I was worried that they might be undercooked. Yeah. But, you know, they conceded a few goals. But, I mean, they, they scored a hat full of goals. Yeah. The most goals we've ever scored in an Olympic game. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's yeah. there. So I thought against that Dutch game, uh, we were three all up a little bit too early. Brilliant goals, but yeah. it, it's one of those games where you, you score three all up too early. You just knew the Dutch are so good, so composed, it was a so experienced. Yeah. They're going to work their way back in, and yeah. we needed to score that fourth goal yeah. um, and fifth goal and, and try eke up something from that. But um, I always watching the game. I was I was amazed that we had three all up, and I was loving it. Uh, yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know. We need to go score five goals. Yes. You're right. So, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Because there is still hope. And what I say, that there's a dynamic group of young players there. There's some experienced players. And I think some of those guys will actually see in the next Olympics, hopefully. But in saying that as well, if we're first in, in Africa, we've got young players coming, surely something's going to drop now. And the government has to say, well, here we go. We're going to take it. Because, you know, next thing is the World Cup. We should have a chance of doing better there every single time. Yeah, we've got World Cup, we've got Commonwealth Games, and then we've got the next games come up quite quickly because we've lost that year. So so there there are three major tournaments, Mm. and uh, the talent talent is there. And, you know, with with the right structures and the the right financial backing and maybe a centralized area where players are are, are a hub, where players can train every day, where they can play competitive matches and be looked after from from a physical point of view, a financial point of view, all these things, you know, if our players are worried about how they're going to find money to get to a national camp. Mm. You know, our under-21s wanted to go to African Cup and they were, they were, they were asked to pay 58,000 rand each. <laughs> you know, so you make the side and you can't afford to go. So, yeah, yeah. structures in place, we should have those structures in place where where those players can are don't have to worry about it financially. Yeah, They can get up and train. Yeah. Uh, emotionally, they'll be in a better position. And um, I, I really think South Africa's got so much talent. 
Um, and we've got talent in coaching. And look what we've just seen now. We've got Red Halkett now, who's part of the ladies' setup, uh, the Dutch ladies' setup. They've sure. just won gold. He's yeah. been part of that. Uh, Craig Fulton's been part of the Belgian side as a as a as a as an assistant mm. coach. Mm. He went to Atlanta. He went to uh, um, Athens as well. Gold medal is Belgian. Sure. Um, Dave Stanforth, he's a uh, coach with the Australian side. They got silver. And then we had Greg Clark, Adrian Greg Clark, who was assistant coach, mm. uh, technical advisor to the Indian side. They got a bronze medal. Sure. So we've got the coaching. We've got the players. Now, now the government Satscop. South African hockey or a huge sponsor needs to come in and back yeah. these guys and then we might see a medal. No, you know, the problem with the momentum, we went to 1996, we went, the ladies didn't go. 2000, the ladies went, the men didn't go. Oh, right. You need to build on the Olympic yeah. experience. So you yeah. get a guy who goes to one Olympics and then he has, he, he has to wait eight years yeah. to go again. Doesn't work. So you, you miss mm -hmm. that continuity. So if you get guys like Austin Smith, who's played three Olympics, should have played four. You, that experience is amazing for a team to have, and that's what the Dutch always said. They had guys who were 33, 34, they played three or four Olympics. Mm. You know, they've forgotten about the sideshows, they were there to get medals. Mm. So, we, we sometimes don't have that. We have one Olympics, guys say, right, I, I need to get into business now, I need to make some money. I've had my, my Olympic dream, I've had my South Africa dream, and now I've got to get cracking on with, with my career. Uh, so, if we can get that, um, I have no doubt that, that, that we've got this multitude of talent in this country. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you touch on one thing as well, and it's all known, you know, School Sports Africa is proper. It's, I mean, so there, I would say that half the work's already done, because the talent is being nurtured, things like that. So it's just taking them to the next level. Well, let's hope. It's going to be interesting. But World Cup versus Olympics, which one weighs, has got more weight on it? I went to the, uh, uh, my first World Cup was in 94, which was at, in Sydney, and it was at Homebush where the, where the 2000 Olympics was, um, yeah. was staged. The nice thing about the World Cup is that everyone who goes there is a hockey person. Right. So the hospitality areas, the areas where they're selling sticks and, and, and all that, it's hockey people, and it's a, a huge celebration of hockey. Yeah. People come from all over the world, from India, Australia, where, uh, sorry, uh, Europe, and they are watching hockey because they're hockey lovers. And so I loved every moment of the World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, it was great. I loved every moment of, 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 the, of the Olympics for other reasons. <laughs> um, pick, you know, we were in the United States. That field hockey is only really played by females there. Mm. So people who were getting tickets, sometimes you, you, you got people who traveled to the USA just to watch the hockey, but you also had people who just were lucky to get a ticket for something. something yeah. So they're playing to hockey. So the World Cup is special, but the Olympics is always oh, it's it's the ultimate for everyone. Yeah. And then the Commonwealth Games is is you want to win medals, but it's 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 a I found it a lot more relaxed mm. with regard to the athletes and that because you're getting a whole lot of athletes from just you know previously colonized areas of of yeah. of, of the of from from Britain, and uh, it was a little bit different. There's a little, a little bit of vibe. There's some athletes that are there. That are just there for the fun mm. because they they've got into the uh, a certain uh, team that's yeah. maybe just an island team with three people living there. So you know, <laughs> so it's yeah, it's a bit more relaxed, but it was yeah. a wonderful experience as well. You know, yeah. uh, the hockey was intense. So yeah. for all those three things, are it's different. You, you enjoy them for different reasons. No, definitely, Murray. But it's such an interesting thing because you know, 
and we're sort of moving in between the World Cup and, and the Olympic Games, but it's it's so interesting to see the, the drive and the desire for the guys wanting to do well. Hockey means something. But where do we draw the line in terms of competitiveness? Are we too demanding upon the players? Do we want them to do too well? Or should there be more of a factor of unconditional support? No matter where we end, we support them. Or is that competitiveness there very necessary to keep pushing the guys to go forward and do well? Oh, you mean competitiveness from, from the spectators? Yes. You, you know, there, there, there are times where um, you, people have come back from the Olympics yeah. and they've criticised. Like some you walk down the street and some say, what's wrong with our hockey side? You go, like, you go, okay, let's go backtrack. These guys are on work till 6, 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. They train four or five hours a night. Yeah. They get home late. They, they're juggling all kinds of things. Family, work, trying to be an Olympic athlete. Mm. So, and, and they don't have the kind of funding. The Dutch guys, a little easier. India, a lot easier. Okay, uh, Australia, a lot easier. Mm. So, so when you lose in a big game like that, uh, sometimes, or, or in the games, or you don't, you don't win a medal, there, there are people that turn around and go, like, well, they're not, they're not really that good. Okay, I, I'm sure there are a couple of people talking about the water polo team right now. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But you, you, sometimes it's unfair mm. um, because you are, you are taking a knife uh, you know, no, to fight against someone with a machine gun. <laughs> so, you, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it is difficult. Yeah. But I must say, uh, how positive people have been after this Olympics. Yeah, They've seen sure. this young side yeah. that's just full of running, uh, full of commitment, attacking, mm. scoring brilliant goals. So we might have leaked in nine against Belgium, but we scored four against the best side in the world. Exactly. So exactly. There's, there's a lot of hope. So I, mm. I've just, I've only heard good things. Yeah. And I only think that this side has inspired a new generation of young young players. Yeah. Just from the brand of hockey they played, that they could have gone out and sat deep and played negative and tried to eke out a draw. They just went out and played. No, and they had a defensive pattern and they, they did they did go deep at times, but they turned defence into attack very quickly. Oh, yeah, true. And that was exciting yeah. to see guys break out where before other other teams, Sarah teams, when they broke out, they broke out maybe with one person. Mm. They broke they didn't break out in numbers. You know, you look at those four or five strikers up there, each and every one of them is an exciting player. So um, I just think that, uh, that, that, that the spectators have been very, very positive yeah. about this at the big games. Yeah, and rightly so. Yeah. These yeah. guys have gone through hell to get there. Yeah. And um, I, I, I was incredibly proud every time I watched them. No, really, really good. good spot. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear, mate. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's something to bother and let's, let's hope we can go for the next one. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think the next big, big competition is the African Cup, if I'm not mistaken. So, will Gareth Irving just literally take it competition by competition? Or does he sort of look ahead and say, right, next three years, where are we? Or will he just sit back and say, right, Africa Cup first, let's get through this one first, let's go. What do you think he... I think, I think you know, don't... You know, I, I, I haven't coached the national side before, <laughs> but, but I, I, I would imagine that he's got, he's got, a, he's got, a, he's got a plan yeah. to, to Paris. Yeah. Um, and he'll want to put that through, but obviously to get to Paris, you've got to get through all those other stages. Yeah, for sure. So he's, mm. he's, he's probably got a squad that he, he knows he can tap into. Mm. Uh, 20, 30 players, maybe more. Um, he probably has 40. I think prior to, to going, if you, he had, had quite a big squad that he brought up to, to do a training camp. So he's probably looking to 
some older members might, might be retiring or, or leaving and, and, and injecting new blood into the side and keeping that, that experience of the, of the Tokyo Olympics and all the positivity there. I think he'll be uh, trying to build on that and go step by step, step and build on that and, 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 and gain confidence as you go through these tournaments. So if you go win Africa Cup, move into the, get into the World Cup uh, and move through Commonwealth Games next, just build on everyone. And, and who knows, we could, we could win a medal at the Commonwealth Games. That's a stepping stone. It, it, exactly. Yeah. I, if, I was, if I was approaching that side, I would be saying, we've got to win Africa Cup. Yeah. We've got to go to World Cup and do really, really well there. Uh, we know we can, but I'd be saying, come on, let's, let's get into that top mm -hmm. five of, and, or top four and possibly get a medal at the Commonwealth Games. And, and if we tighten up defensively, I mean, Rusty was amazing as our goalkeeper. He was yeah. absolutely outstanding. But we tightened yeah. up, and and uh, the guys played together for a long period of time. But, gee, the, it, it's there. It's yeah. there for the taking. Uh, it, it's very. It, it could be yeah. very exciting times. We just hope that the balloon doesn't burst. You know, it's, everyone's yeah. everyone's ant. Everyone's talking about the Olympics, but now we've got literally Gareth's got to keep that sort of, I would imagine, yeah. trying to keep that momentum going forward and the interest going forward and sponsors coming in and people saying, right, we're backing you now for the next four yeah. years. Uh, uh, go win us something. Yeah. No, really um, right. so, so, so that's important. Yeah. Because one other thing that also is it's quite interesting in terms of players' caps, I think, is, is Jeff they used to have 100 caps. Uh, the, the captain's got over 100 caps, and I think maybe the next best is maybe 50 odd caps. You know, I'm going to be corrected. I think Austin Smith was the most caps. Most caps. You know, uh, you know, he's been around a long time. Yeah. He's 36 now, and yes. you know, he made his debut at 20. Yeah. So yeah. he's the most capped, but I don't know how long Austin's going to carry on for. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll use him uh, through to the Africa Cup, maybe Commonwealth. I I'm not sure what's in his plans, but he didn't announce any retirement. Rusty Peterson reti uh, mm. announced his retirement. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, these guys with the experience they got now uh, is amazing, but they need to build on caps. Yeah. There's nothing more better than playing Holland more often, Belgium more often, Australia yeah. more often, not Namibia. Yeah. All, all respect, you know, all, all respect to them. But like you've yeah. got to go play those top sides. No, for You're sure. used to playing those top yeah. sides. And I think uh, changes slightly to sport. I mean, that's why rugby is so successful in South Africa. Look at the tri nations that we have. I mean, you know, look at cricket. We played the best in the world. So, yeah, I mean, they only deserve a, a fair show of us, a fair chance, I'd say. You see what happens. Yeah. You see what happens is you, you come back and then you go play in the local leagues, and um, that was the worst for my career. You go back and then you start to indulge yourself. You, you right. juggle a little bit more than you should. Then okay. you got more time on the ball, and so and then and then a series comes up, and you need to get shot for that series. Yeah. So the guys playing in Holland are playing week in week out. Yeah. They're playing those guys who can get a contract at a Bundesliga side in Germany mm. or uh, Klaas in. Mm. They are playing week in week out, which which keeps them which keeps them sharp. Yeah, absolutely. If you play sometimes in the local leagues, uh, you lose that shot. Yeah, you definitely do. No, so no. we need to keep these guys playing yeah. at a very very high level for a longer period of time. Yeah, well, I think Mario, that's also important that you can see the desire is there, the ambition to do well is there, and that's also very important for for hockey. So it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting, but. Uh, I must admit, I was struggling to find out how many caps you actually had for South Africa. Could you enlighten us? 104. 104? Yeah. Did you have a big celebration on your 100s? 
Not really. I can't really remember. I think it was against Australia. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a joke. I was towards the end of my career. I, I was hanging on by three by that stage. By half a hamstring and a bad back yeah, and, and yeah. all the rest, yeah. So, Murray, you said like you had to obviously hold down a job and play hockey matches and things like that. So, how did it all work for you? I mean, surely you must have had some nights where you hardly got any sleep. Where, how often did you guys have uh, fixtures? How did it work? Um, fixtures from an international point of view. We were very lucky because we came back into the international fold, so everyone was inviting us oh, okay. out. So uh, three months of the year, I was basically away from school. Okay. I was very lucky. I had a fantastic headmaster who, yeah. and a school that backed me and said, yeah. we'll get a temp teacher in and you go, you go do that. Uh, and it happened to be my old school, Pines North Primary. So I was very, I was very lucky in that, in that regard that I was, I was sort of backed. But yes, you had a full day of teaching and and marking and all the rest, and then you had to train your, you know, three four hours a day and do your fitness programs, and then come home late. And I was normally eating very late, and eleven o'clock sure. sleep up. Sure. I wasn't a morning trainer, I must say. I was a, I was much an evening yeah. trainer. My Natal mates, because the sun comes up earlier, they were morning trainers. I was a kind of sun stays longer out up in Cape Town, yeah. so I was an evening trainer. I, yeah. I enjoyed training late into the mm. evening. Uh, that's when I did. But yeah, we had to juggle a lot. Yeah. I mean, when you got into a plane to go on a, for a series, I mean, I used to fall asleep before we even took off. It sure. was, you know, you were mm. to get to finish everything and make sure that your work was planned for the temp teacher. Yeah. Those kind of things had to be put in place before wow. you. It's a lot of work. So there was a, a lot being mm-hmm. done behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Um, but yeah, you had to juggle it. But it was exciting at the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. But the thing is, the nice thing is we, we were being invited to India, to Indira Gandhi tournament, to the Aslan Shah in Malaysia. We sure. went to Spain. Yeah. Uh, we played in a tournament in Madrid. And then we'd move to a series against Belgium. Then we'd move to a series, a big tournament in Holland. And we could do that during the summer, you know, their European summer. So June, July's were great. We'd come back three weeks. We'd off to Malaysia, come back. We, we had an incoming series maybe from Holland. Fire matches at Randburg, or down to Queensmead. So we had a lot of yeah. tournaments and in e- uh, Easter tournaments in at Queensmead. So and teams were coming in to visit us, and we were uh, traveling a lot. Before the Olympics, we went to Australia. Uh, then Spain came to us. So sure, it, it was great. And I yeah, actually yeah. feel for the guys because we're not getting a lot of that. Those yeah. competitions. Now I can see I can see your point of view, and I can mm. see why you may be a bit frustrated for their sake, because you're saying this is what we experienced. Yeah. Why hasn't it continued? So it should yeah. be better now. What I'm it trying to say is it should be better now, yeah. and the guys should be medal medal contenders, and there's no reason why they can't be. Yeah. And I think everything that, that went before the first World Cup and the first Olympics, were, you know, that's that's history now. Uh, you know, we all has been, but it, it's that should have been sort of the springboard, the building blocks. Yeah. Like for it was for Belgium and it was for Argentina, the learning experience to go forward and 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 be proper contenders in the big tournaments. Yeah, no, for sure. Murray, as we sort of draw towards an end, I want to ask you a very controversial question because you work at a school, and this is I've heard a few comments about through people saying that perhaps the coaches train the the, the players, the school players just for their time at school and maybe not necessarily afterwards um do you think there's any truth in that or is that just people having a bit of a dig look there are coaches that yeah that live by their records and how many w's they have next to the net right even at primary school sometimes Mm -hmm. i've actually said to my primary school boys i said you know what you might lose this game now today but the skills that we're putting in place Mm -hmm. and the structure we're putting in place 
and what I'm asking you to try and do will be brilliant for you at under 16 level. No, for sure. And sometimes you've got to tell parents that, that yeah. the structures you're putting in place and why you're playing a certain way, you might get the odd loss playing that way, is, 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 is better for them going forward. Yeah. That's hard for a school because you are judged by your results a lot of the time. So either yeah. you're a good coach yeah. or a bad coach, yeah. or you're not such a good hockey school, or you are a good hockey school. Yeah. So you're judged on how many wins and trophies and all the rest. But so it's, 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 it's a difficult thing to juggle mm-hmm. because you want to give parents who have invested interest and boys and girls who have an invested interest, you want to get them the good times, some wins, nice to win trophies, nice to go win top schools or under 12 day night tournaments or whatever. But you've got to, you've got to balance it in, in, in coaching correctly so that you know their progression will be good going on. You know, uh, the skills you, you're giving them, structure, the patterns that you're showing them, it's got to, it's got to move them forward and, 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 and be, keep them in good stead for, for the future. So yeah. that's a hard thing to juggle as a coach uh, because schools be, school sports become ugly. It's all about winning. Yeah. And, you know, you can go and win ugly. Yeah. We've seen it in rugby. You can go win ugly in a hockey match. You can play the most horrible way and you can might eke out a result. Um, but you're not doing your, your team any justice. Yeah, no, for sure. The worst thing we've always said at our school, the, the worst thing for a schoolboy is, is, is an unbeaten season. You know, yeah. they need to learn how to lose. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. Um, so these ups and downs are important for them. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Murray, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That that's, that's a very good perspective that you're making because it is about learning. It really is, and that's important. But final question, Murray. One thing that the South African squad needs to do just to push themselves that much more forward, what's the one thing they could do right now? I just think keep them together. Okay. You've got to keep them together. You know, yeah. the, the Aussies have a, they have a, they have a center. Yeah. You know, if you go to the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra, you'll see the sports in there. Sure. Or Perth to where they, they train a lot. You've got, we, we've got to get a centralized area. Yeah. If it's in Johannesburg, let them play in the league in Johannesburg and coaching and staying together. If it's, in Europe, you know, some people have had great ideas and said, why don't, we, why don't we get a big house in Holland and get our players out there sure. living together and training sure. together and that means South Africa could play on a, week in, a weekend against Belgium. You know, we have to travel far distances to get You're really, right. really good mm. uh, uh, a competition yeah. where in Belgium they just go across to Holland and they yeah. sneak up to Spain and they sneak up to Germany and yeah. it's all there and the British, like, Britain come across. So, yeah. We need to keep guys together, yeah. and we need to get this, uh, uh, them playing yeah. um, high-caliber matches. And I think one important thing is not to give up, because they're right there, I believe. It, it, there's a possibility of doing something great, and we have achieved so much. And like you said, it's, it's, it's also frustrating, because you get South Africa, and then with all due respect, the next best country is maybe, maybe or Egypt. Mm-hmm. But we, out of the league, we, we in the European League, look how we've done. So there is hope, but let's hope that they sort it out. Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Murray, you're a legend. Thank you for your time. Thanks very much. Good to be here.